Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Joining me today is is author Sylvie Grayson. And uh, Sylvie, I introduce you as an author because you have produced very prolifically, I might add, uh, 17 books so far. Hi, and you're not done yet. <laughs> Oh, and welcome, Sylvia. Thank I'm happy you. to have you here on the show today. Thank you. You, ha- you haven't always been introduced as an author. No, I, I was in business most of my life. Um, uh-huh. I got a doctorate in law. So my kids, my grandkids call me Dr. Nana. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, and, you've, uh, you've had a journey. I've and- had a journey. I have. This is part of what intrigued me about talking to you, because oftentimes our life kind of settles into some kind of a pattern. We may or may not be passionate about what we're doing. Uh, Sometimes it's just kind of how things play out. And you've taken a very intentional step toward doing something that you really love to do in, in writing these books. And so I'm curious about that journey. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about for you? Well, um, I had two parents who were what you might call free spirits. Oh. My dad uh, loved to sing. He played an accordion and a, and a mouth organ. Mm-hmm. And he made his own little brace so that he could play the mouth organ while he played the accordion. He would tell stories like uh, the wreck of the Hesperus, but he also told his own stories. So created them, told them. Mm-hmm. My mom was a writer. She she wrote poetry primarily, but also prose and um, nonfiction pieces. And uh, so when I was 10, my parents took us to northern BC and we went homesteading. Mm. Now, homesteading means you grab a piece of raw land and you improve it, what they call improving it, and it becomes yours. So we go onto this piece of raw land. They build a log house. I don't know how big it was, not very big. There were six kids. The upstairs loft kind of was where all the kids slept. Heating was with a barrel heater. You take a 45-gallon drum and you put legs on it and a stovepipe and a door, and this is how you heat the place. There was no water, there was no electricity, and this is how we lived for quite a few years growing up. So by the time I was 16, I think, 17, we left the homestead. We'd kind of run out of money, um, I presume. (laughs) I mean, as a child, what do you know? Moved closer to town, I was able to finish my high school and get a job and and do that kind of thing. But the, the writing and the creativity kind of, that was part of us. We all did it. Um, we had a pump organ. 
We had a Hawaiian guitar. We had a violin. My sister and I played the organ. I played the violin. My dad played the accordion. My mom played the guitar. And we sang. Mm -hmm. We used to come out to our house for the entertainment, I think. I mean, I'm sure they liked us. Uh, they were friends of my parents. <laughs> but I think it was, you know, dad would tell stories. At one point, he had the scar on the back of his hand. And he was telling this fellow that he'd been in a bar somewhere and they'd been playing cards and he was winning. And the guy across from him didn't like that. And he took out his whip and he snapped it to see what my dad's cards were. And he left this scar on the back of his hand. The real story was that my dad had a calf on a rope leading it down to water the calf. And the calf took off and the rope put a scar, <laughs> a scar on the back of his head. So he did tell that. He corrected the story. But the first one was pretty entertaining, right? Um, so he, he liked to entertain like that. And he would uh -huh. sing songs and, uh, and entertain. So I know my mom was a wordsmith with her poetry. I'm just in the process of putting together a book of her poetry. She's long gone now, but I've found a whole bunch of old poems. Oh. Um, a lot of them written on the inside of envelopes. I mean, we had no money there. When people wrote us a letter, the envelope would get slit up three sides and flattened out, and we'd use it. A as of, paper. As paper. Mm -hmm. A lot of her poems are written on the insides of envelopes. So, yeah. Wow. So that's kind of where I started out. Yes. Well, that's quite a legacy that you're yes. talking about. It can be. Yes, it can be. Well, you say it can be. <laughs> Obviously, we get to choose how we view our, our own stories. That's right. That's right. You're, um, you're sharing, when, when I say that's quite a legacy, you're sharing um, a background, of an upbringing that is rich in so many ways, although we might describe it as poor in others. Right. Um, the growing up on a homestead and some of the rudimentary things that, that you became familiar with as a young child that, right. that have to do with our survival, and, but, but also creativity and uh, and artistic expression, that was all part of your upbringing. That was all part of it. My sister and I used to write news, newspapers. So mm -hmm. we, would, we would write fictitious articles. We'd do fictitious interviews. We'd draw pictures to go in it. And, uh, huh. and, and we both write to this day. I mean, you know, ingrained in us. That's, mm -hmm. that's what we do. So when I went to university, um, my first year after high school was at an art school. We, we all drew and, and painted and, and I loved it, but it wasn't mentally challenging enough for me. I, I wanted mm -hmm. something more than that. So then I went to university and, and carried on like that. And going into business, I think, suited me quite well. Mm -hmm. Like my husband likes to tell me. I like to do my own thing and I don't want anyone telling me what to do. So going in business, <laughs> that, that's his idea of why it, why it works so well for me. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, so it's been years of being in business, running businesses, and uh, we sold 
one company in 2015. We had some health issues and we sold one company then and, and I had more time to write. Um, and in 2019, we sold the second one and, and now I'm retired. I get, I get to do what, what I want. Interesting that um, the idea of retirement is often associated with, now I get to do what I want. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fascinating that uh, we'll spend a good chunk of our lives doing what we feel we need to do. And, um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I, I don't think that that's wrong. I think that's just part of life. Um, and maybe you learned growing up in that homestead environment that you have to do certain things um, in order to keep moving forward, in order to, right. to survive and live. Well, I, I, what I did learn was that you have to work. My parents yes. weren't, weren't uh, so inclined. Um, I mean, the way we lived, to get water, my sister and I took buckets to the slough, which was a half mile away. So we mm. walked down, fill the buckets, bring them home. Maybe do that a couple times a day. Um, we'd take the cow down and her calf and, and water them at the slough. Um, by mid-August, the water started getting pretty yucky. Mm. A lot of frogs and things in it. So our neighbor had a well. We would take a, a stone boat down. A stone boat is something doesn't have wheels. It's just dragged on the ground. Have you ever heard of a stone boat? <laughs> Not it's, until today. Okay, well, it's a bunch of logs that are connected together to make a platform, and you just drag it. And, and people would use it to clear the land. They'd take rocks off, drag it up and down with a horse and mm-hmm. pile rocks on it, clear the field and stuff. Well, We'd take barrels down to our neighbor's place. He had a well, um, and he let us get water from him. And then in the winter, we used the snow. So we would fill a barrel full of snow, and as it melted, you fill it again until you've got got a source of water. So it was a way to live uh, without answering, I guess, to other people. I think that might be... I don't, I'm not sure why my dad was so dedicated to that, but I think it was that mm-hmm. he didn't have to answer to other people. That might have been the appeal. Yeah. That might have been the appeal. But in my mind, uh, once we left the homestead, I, there's no way I was going back to that. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was a matter of working. What kind of work was I going to do? And I did enjoy having my own companies. The first ones were nightclubs. Now, that was a an eye-opener, and it was six days a week, and it was exhausting. By the time we sold those, we both needed about three months to recover from uh, uh-huh. I, rem- I remember going into the bank, and the, the teller says to me, oh, you look like you're going to live now. And I thought, oh, did I look that bad? You know, but, but it was just, uh, it was just a lot of hours, a lot of work. Mm-hmm. This principle, Sylvia, you've just identified one of the most important principles that um, I think we can latch on to as human beings, this, this principle of work. There's, there's nothing that just 
magically appears out of nowhere. There, there are principles that bring these things about. And as we learn and apply that principle, we can get different outcomes. There's, there's other principles too. And as we get into the second half of our conversation today, um, I'm curious to learn more about the, the intention that we can apply the work to, because that is what steers our efforts and our productivity. And I think you've had a lot of experience in different areas in doing that. So maybe we'll go that direction as we come back from this, this break. Um, folks, this is Sylvie Grayson at Live On Purpose Radio, and we'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com Welcome back. Sylvie Grayson today at Live On Purpose Radio. Sylvie, I'm enjoying our conversation as I get to know you a little bit better. It puts some perspective on, on a few things. And as we were talking in the first half about the principle of work, and I suggested that maybe adding intention to that helps to steer our efforts in some direction. You, you learned at a young age that there's a lot of work that's required to maintain a living out on the homestead. Right. And, and you've probably discovered that there's a lot of work required to write a book. Writing a book is a lot of work. That's true. Um, I've had a lot of people, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. I've had a lot of people express to me, oh, I would really love to write a book. Okay. It's a dream that they have. And I've written a couple of books. I'm in a little different genre from the one that you write. Right. Um, but the process is similar. And there's, there's a lot of think about and even talk about and at some point, there needs to be some actual writing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll just kind of open that up to you. I know you've had a couple of thoughts about that as, as I've introduced well, the topic. I, I think most people have a book in them or feel they have a book in them. Mm -hmm. um, I've been to lots of uh, book marketing fairs and that kind of thing. And a lot of the people who approach the table are people who... Uh, want to write a book, they have ambitions to write a book, mm -hmm. or they have written a book and don't know quite what to do with that book now that they have it. Um, and I've, I've asked, I've told people, bring it, show it to me. Let me, let me have a look and we'll see. But um, 
that hasn't happened. <laughs> so maybe the book wasn't mm. as quite as finished as they thought. Not quite as written as they implied. Not quite as written. I, I do feel that um, writing is a very solitary affair. Mm. Um, it's very hard to write in a group. So you're working by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're working for yourself as well. That's, and maybe uh, being a, a business person, I'm comfortable working for myself. That might be part of it. But mm. uh, a support group is really important. And when I, when I finally had the time to write, um, I reached out to a number of um, writers groups around me. And then I started forming uh, a critique group. And the first person who offered to join me already has 16 books out. And I was just starting on my second one, I think. And I kind of thought, why would she, why would she want to bother? Right. Hmm. I just thought she probably knows it all. Why? And I'm just, you know, a neophyte here, but we had a group of about six people and after working together for, I don't know, four or five years, um, this same woman said, you know, this is my main support. This is my, this is the most important kind of support and encouragement that I get is from this group of, of mm. critique writers. So it's, it's important to think about that, right? It's important to surround yourself with, with support, with help, mm-hmm. with uh, creative feedback, helpful mm-hmm. feedback, because it's not all helpful. Um, so you have to be careful with that. But um, it's, it's really important on a writer's journey to have that kind of help. Talk, you mentioned the feedback, and some of it is helpful, some of it not so much. What... What have you found um, to be a useful approach for handling the less useful feedback? Because sometimes it comes in. Sometimes it comes in and um, everybody has their own opinion. Um, Our critique group was just, it just had a a whole bunch of emails going around this fact. One of them said that they had a, a newsletter that they send out every couple of weeks mm-hmm. and and she often includes uh, a recipe in it and this time she put in a recipe for barbecued chicken I think it was because it's summer and someone wrote back and said I'm not interested I don't want meat recipes don't send me anything like this again <clears throat> and she wrote back and said well hopefully you can just you know move past that there's other things in the newsletter that you hopefully would be interested in. And, and the person wrote back and said, no. And if you continue to send me anything like this, I have to unsubscribe. And, and the rest of us are kind of going, you know what, let her unsubscribe because <laughs> you don't need that kind <laughs> of uh, brow beating or whatever it is. Nobody needs that. Um, if the person was interested in what was in the newsletter, they would just move past the recipe and read about the books and so forth that, that were sure. being written about. And really, you just, I, I feel you just have to move past it. I, I know it feels, if you're running a business and someone goes, 
oh, the service is terrible there. You're doing a bad job. You kind of look around and you talk to your people and you do your best to uh, make that better. But at the same time, you're already doing that. You know that service is important and that's what you do. However, when you're writing a book, this is very personal. It's much more personal yeah. than if it's your store selling lumber or whatever. This is something that came from inside you and it mm -hmm. feels more personal, but I really mm -hmm. do think that you need to just walk past it. I don't know what else you can do with it. I think you have to walk past it. I have a fellow who's 81 years old. He lives in Florida. He does book reviews for me. Um, mm -hmm. I've written the last war series, which is my science fiction fantasy mm -hmm. book. There's seven books in the series and he loves them. They're romances. They're scientific romances. He loves them. And he, and he, constantly gives me this wonderful feedback every time I produce one. Sometimes he'll say, have I been dropped from your list or something? I haven't seen anything. And I'll say, well, I've just been kind of sidetracked. I haven't got another book out yet, but it's coming, you know. And then mm -hmm. when he gets it, he gives me this fantastic review because he seriously loves my writing and he loves the stories. And I just cling to people like that. It's yeah. so wonderful to have that kind of response and that kind of support it's uh i don't know if the reviewers know how uh rewarding it is to get that kind of response. Mm. it's wonderful that's your paycheck yes it is it really is mm. it really is you know as you were talking about the less helpful yes. feedback i think they're there are a lot of folks out there who are not in our tribe. Now, yes. when I say our tribe, I'm thinking about it in terms of how Seth Godin wrote about that in his book, Tribes, Yes, that there's a group of people out there who, like this man in Florida, was it? Who, Florida, who just yeah. loves what you do. Yeah. He loves and you love to do what you do for those who love what you do. That's kind yeah. of a sweet spot. Sure it is. And there are others who will uh, find it in their heart somewhere to be critical without being helpfully critical. If you mentioned service. You know, if you're running a restaurant and someone says, you know, that the service could use a little upgrade, then you, you look around and you say, okay, how can we upgrade our service? That's right. Because you all, as you pointed out, you already know that that's important. Yeah. But then there are others who, who, for whatever reasons, are looking for ways to to cut you down. Yeah. And I, I'm a I'm psychologist. Sure. You, think, you think they are intentionally trying to cut you down? I, I'm never sure. Well, I think hurt people hurt people. Uh. And the, it's usually, if, if that happens, it's usually more about them than it is about you. Mm-hmm. And something's going on in their life where they, they feel less than or they're envious of, of what you're doing and wish that they could be doing it instead. And right. it's kind of like the crabs in a bucket, you know, pulling each other back in. Right. And uh, I've, I've found that one way I can deal with that, and maybe you've found the same thing, uh, you know, let her unsubscribe. 
um, these people are self-identifying as not being in your tribe. That's right. And I remember responding to one of my critics that way, who uh, it was not helpful criticism. It was uh, more of an attack. Yeah. And, um, and my thought was, I had this thought on purpose. Thank you for letting me know that I don't need to spend any more marketing dollars on you. <laughs> That's right. No <laughs> that was time, the thought. No attention. I don't need to waste my time right. and attention on someone like that. Yeah. Right. And they can go get whatever it is they're looking for from other sources. Obviously, yes. I'm not the source. Yes. That's we right. have to develop a bit of a thick skin, don't we? A bit of a thick skin. And sometimes it's hard to do. Um, but as time goes on, it gets a little easier. Uh, you begin yeah. to realize that not everyone's going to love the books. Not everyone's going to mm -hmm. love what you do. And, and those that do are so dear uh, right. that it's worth, worthwhile. And those are the ones that you really show up to serve in I in writing so. your material yeah I uh, think so. sylvie i am guessing uh i'm pretty darn sure actually that there <laughs> are some people in in our audience here today who are going to love what you do and they want to be connected to your books um you have a website sylviegrayson.com that's right but also, if they search for you on Amazon, they're going to find you along with little links to purchase your books. That's right. Is there any other way you would like to invite people to interact with you or to find find out more? I think you have a newsletter or some other I things available. I have a available. newsletter and people can sign up on my website for the newsletter if they want to mm -hmm. receive that. I also post things on, the, on my website. I have a blog that I... Um, there's quite a bit on there about the homestead, actually, because I'm, I'd written some stuff about it, and uh, mm -hmm. it's slowly mm -hmm. going up. So if they want to follow that, they just click on the follow button, and then they can sign up for the newsletter if they want to sign up for that. And um, I'm on Facebook, on BookBub, all those things. But Perfect. Um, my books are pretty wide. They're on Apple and Kobo and Barnes and Noble and mm -hmm. all that. So, yes. Everywhere you get your books. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great to hear from them. Well, Sylvie, it's been delightful to talk to you today. I'm picking up on several principles that uh, I think are so helpful, uh, especially the principle of work, uh, applying intention to that. Um, folks, if you're out there and you're thinking, you know, I would really love to write a book. I've got a book in me. Well, the only way it gets out of you is if you write. Yes. And it's writers write. It's work. There's no getting around it. It, it is. is work. You put your butt in the chair and you sit down and you do some writing. And whether you write it by hand or yeah. you're on a computer, um, it takes time, takes effort. It does. But, uh, I find it worthwhile. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Well, there will be paychecks because there are people who are just waiting for what it is you have to offer. And there will be some zingers out there. But remember, those people are just self-identifying as not being in your tribe. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Dr. Paul. 
Sylvie, thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you here today. Folks, as you've uh, listened and been inspired by what Sylvie has had to share today, find some way to apply that in your life because now it's time to go live on purpose. 